What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by ashford.edu slash ham and the DraftKings app, promo code ham and manscaped.com, promo code ham and mybookie.ag, promo code ham1 and upstart.com slash ham. Well, I did think it was interesting on the all-rookie team that Kyler Murray made the team. Now, I know there wasn't, in terms of rookie quarterbacks this year, you know, I don't... Him or Gardner. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't much competition, but... I think as we take just kind of a, a retro a, a retrospective on his rookie year, there were a lot of questions. He was a big, you know, talking point. And I think, I don't know, do you think, here's how I'm thinking about it. Is Kyler's stock higher right now than Baker's was after his rookie year? Uh, no, because I feel like the analytical community thought Baker was like Aaron Rodgers. They did, because they put him on all the tiers. I, I think Baker's stock was enormous inflated high. I, I feel Kyler Murray is not inflated because of the team he plays for. Most people didn't watch him. Even though you'd think most people didn't watch Cleveland, I just think we thought more highly of Baker after the season than Kyler. And I, I don't think that's fair. But that's this. That's so Kyler's just more under the radar? I, I have that same feeling. Yeah. Which is crazy because I thought he'd be such a lightning Part about rod. The, br- the, the Browns br- are just... The, Brown, the Browns are the lightning rod franchise. So I, I think that plays into it. So I, I would go no. You could have made an argument. I mean, this guy, don't tell me how I know this stat, but seven-time Rookie of the Week, Gardner Minshew. Had a pretty Seriously? good season. Yeah, seven-time Rookie of the Week. Hmm. Guy, I mean, they won like fire. He threw for a lot of fire I mean, yards. You, you, I didn't really realize that. Their offensive line was not good. That's, that's uh, boy, that's a, I'd say a strong can refl- you name that? Can you, can you name the Hold number on, one Hold on, we've already played this Jaguars? game. Well, where did this game come from? What game? This, can you name the receivers on the Jags? Have we played? Yeah, it? this was something. Was it McCarthy or Vic Fangio? This is some. This came from like Fangio's. I don't. This is. I'm having some about. serious deja vu. Can you name the Jags receiver? Somebody out there listening. Sometimes people remember our own podcast better than I do because I'll be like, I'll get like a tweet that's just a comment, and I have no idea what it's in reference to, and it's from like a podcast last week. Yeah, I got no fucking idea. So this is what happens when you just talk a lot. Yeah. Uh, but my, my point but I was is to like, say that's a good reflection of their offensive coordinator. Yeah, he'll bounce back. 
Um, anyway, that was my only thought on Kyler and the rookie teams. We talked about Crosby and Greenlaw, but what about uh, it broke during the national championship game? Nick Rolovich, new head coach, Washington State, kind of a Mike Leach. I mean, I don't know if they work together, but disciple, same type mindset, spread offense. Um, you know, I think Rolovich flew out to Key West a couple off seasons ago, or maybe last off season, to spend some time with Leach. So they know yeah, each other to just kind of study up on some air raid. Um, Do you think that that helped the transition? You think for them to isolate and want to get you know, him? I don't know if that's why they wanted to get him. I think obviously the run and shoot, like you would think, you can hit the ground running with the personnel, the similarities. Um, but I, you know, they wanted him. Uh, other guys in the mix. Alex Grinch did not uh, interview, declined to interview. Um, I know McElwain. They talked to a few guys in Vegas, but I think it's a great Graham Harrell. Uh, I don't know if they talked to Graham Harrell. Talked to a few guys in Vegas. What well, that's where there? they did the interviews. Like the AD Pat Chun did oh, the interviews in Vegas. Oh, I, got, I got it. And uh, actually cool. took a photo with Rolovich holding the Cougar flag in front of the Raiders Stadium, like saying like we're coming because that's where the Pac-12 championship game is going to be. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. So, so you're saying that Jim McElwain flew to Vegas? That, I I know he was in the mix. I don't know gotcha. specifically that he did that, but I, my guess is that he did. Um, you and I are big Mac guys, but I do agree that in a perfect world, given the way I mean, Leach has been there what since my last year on the road, which was 2012, was his first year. He's been there a while. Their personnel is not set up to do any other offense but what they do. Right? It's pretty important that like. If you don't do a carryover similar coach, you would have a big regression before maybe you took yeah, a step, yeah. right? Yeah, it would take time. Because they, they, it, it, that recruiting is like they have recruited specifically for what they're doing. Can you think of a guy that's been the head coach at Hawaii? I mean, June Jones went to SMU, which is not, you know, those are different jobs. Was uh, your guy that passed away, the San Jose State guy, did he coach at Hawaii? Um, Dick Tomey. assistant there. So Dick Tomey went. Arizona, yeah, but I, I'm trying. You're saying did he go? Was he like the Hawaii head coach before Arizona? No, I mean he eventually okay. went to Hawaii. He lived in Hawaii, so he was on that staff. Don Nelson. My point is, John, like so many, and you know this, like you did recruiting on the West Coast when you were at Fresno State. Everybody wants the the Polynesian guys, right? The American Samoa, the guys off the Hawaiian Islands. So, Tommy was the head coach at Hawaii. That's a good call. Before he went to Arizona, so that's a great example, and and he capitalized on it. Good move. Um, I didn't necessarily know that. I just felt like something Hawaii. Yeah, well, remember he after San Jose State, he he did one year of TV with me, and then he went to do to be the special teams coach for uh, McMacken, whatever his name was. Oh yeah, yeah and he yeah. lived in Hawaii, so yeah, good, great knowledge. So he's a, that's a great example. I think you're such a when you're in such a unique spot when you've been a head coach in Hawaii, it's. In theory, it's a great place, but it's hard to recruit because, like, you just long travel for the players. For their parents, it's tough if you're coming from the mainland. He was the offensive coordinator at San Francisco City College. He's a Northern California guy. You told me you heard him on um, a few years ago with with, with, with Tolbert. Tolbert. He was really went good. to Marin yeah, Catholic, blue collar drinker, Daly City. You know, underrated part about Hawaii when I went for Thanksgiving is you'd open up a magazine and it would be like Tua with Mariota. Like they've been producing sure. blue chip guys, but he's not getting them, right? They're going to Oregon, Bama, Ohio State, they, uh I know they did just get a – Washington State just signed a quarterback from Hawaii in this last – Wouldn't you say that's a good. big loss? Turns out who the, uh, Washington State hired, that's a big loss for Hawaii. How do you replace that You know guy? he was the first guy to yeah. offer Justin Herbert? 
and uh, Cloden Slevis. <laughs> he was the second guy to offer Keaton Slovis. But I'd always heard the story. Like, Nevada was the first team to offer Herbert, and then Oregon offered, like, the next day. Like, Oregon had been put, like, just waiting for whatever reason. You're saying who offered? He was at Nevada? So... He was the Rolovich was the offensive coordinator at Nevada. Nevada was the first team to offer a scholarship to Justin Herbert, and gotcha. then the second they offered, Oregon swooped in, basically. Gotcha. That's impressive. I saw Bruce. I did, I just kind of scrolled through the tweet fast, but it was like this guy can't evaluate. Look at these three, four quarterbacks. Because Slovis, really, I bet Rolovich was thinking he was his type recruit because he was only like a three. Was Darnold the other guy that he was Colorado State. early on? I think Darnold yeah. was the other guy he was early on. So this guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's I think impressive. it's a good hire. People love fan. him. I mean, I don't know him, but, you know, you and I, just just the league, we we cut our teeth in, John. You just follow teams like Nevada. He was, run, he was running the, the pistol early. So, I, I like agree. it. I mean, the Pac-12 North, if we're going to go Pac-12 talk for a second, probably the hottest coaching name in some ways is the guy with the least experience is the Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator, became the head coach at UW. Well, you got Cal's rolling now. You got Shaw's kind of down, but he's still got the best resume. You got our boy E-Ray's boss. Uh, Jonathan Smith. What's his name? He just got a fucking extension. Mario is recruiting like he's in the SEC, and Washington is just a rolling program. We don't know how he'll be as a head coach, but the program is set up to succeed. It's pretty stacked. I mean, Cal, they hired Bill Musgrave, who led – the shittiest franchise beside the Browns over the last 20 years to the playoffs in a dominant offense. Like, let's say that out loud. Bill Musgrave, the Raiders have had one good season since 2002. One. And by four, and really his two years were pretty potent on offense. And it turns out Ken Norton Jr. wasn't as bad as we thought. Right about that. You know, it's aged, it's aged pretty well. So, I mean, that's, that was an impressive hire. We'll see. I was reading uh, an Oregonian mm-hmm. article. They interviewed Doug Nussmeyer. They interviewed this guy, Jorge something, Munoz, a guy that's like a Ben. He was the Raging Cajuns offensive coordinator. He's an analyst right now at LSU. The names were just, I, I didn't You're know. talking about the Oregon OC? Yeah, yeah, so I from what I've heard, it's coming down to this guy, Will Hall, who was the OC at Tulane. I don't know a ton about him. But he no, was also, okay. he, he had been at um, Louisiana. Is that who you're thinking of? He'd been the Raging Cajun, or is this a different guy you're thinking of? No, this guy had a unique, like, Munoz. Oh, okay. So something. I've heard it's Will Hall, Joe Moorhead, and Jed Fish. Gotcha. Jed Fish is the quarterback coach for the yeah, Rams Yeah, and right Joe, now. I think. But he's been at UCLA. Me, all three, I don't know much about Will Hall. I've heard some good things about him. The easiest one for me, if you hire Joe Moorhead, who was, like, a, who was just an SEC head coach and had a lot of success at Penn State, like, that would be a pretty impressive hire. Yeah. Kind of hiring him probably to leave, though. Yeah, but right. to me, that's who the SEC hires yeah. to be their OC. Th- that's what Saban yeah. would hire, Joe Moorhead, over Jed Fish. But Even though but, Jed Fish has had a pretty yeah, good Yeah, no, year I think Jed Joe, Fish would be a really uh, good hire, John too. Broden. I mean, yeah. I think he'd be a good hire, too. I just, that's just. Knows to recruit. He would also, also, you're right, he would also be an SEC-type hire, Jed Fish, right? Yeah. I think either one of those, you can't go wrong. Uh, what else? Astros? Boy, man, I really feel bad for the victims in this story, John. Do you have any take? I don't really have a take. Uh, What's your take? Do I have a take? Yeah, I mean... Actually, I have one. I don't believe that the people... I, I just don't know how Jeff Lunau... How you couldn't have known. Um, did you see Steve Phillips? What did Steve Phillips say? He said, the general manager in this situation is in charge of... Like, if you want to buy new equipment, it would come through my desk. 
So for Lunau, and, and you're constantly walking, but here's the other this thing. Is the, what you're about like, to you're, say is the part that blows that I would. You're, you're just constantly, this isn't like separation between church and state. It's baseball. It's every day. You're around it nonstop. You make that walk yep. to where, remember, the it was tunnel. the playoff DVD. And you would have seen something over and over. You would have eventually been like, what is that's going on? Especially with an employee, you would ask something. So for him to act like he has zero blood on his hands is just borderline unrealistic. Like, do you think that the owner knew that it was going on? Because there were oh, games in the middle of the season when they're, yeah, that they, and but, it was just, you fire them, you kind of separate from I, them. I, I, um, I also think that banging, like a banging that everyone can hear, I think it's easy to just, if, if you. Do you think players deserve to get well, in trouble it, too? I mean, or no? yeah, but it's hard because I do think it's hard because you don't know how, just knowing and is different. That I, it's tough, you know. I think you just you go after the ring lead. You go after leadership here. Um, I love the the quote. I I read he did basically say it was Alex Cora leading yeah, the charge. It, on by this, the time right. this is out, maybe he's supposed to get an even bigger uh, suspension. But I read the seven page commissioner's report. And can I read you? Let me go back and find the excerpt. This is actually my favorite part. This part has not gotten uh, the attention I think that it deserves. But before I say that, I was just going to say when you live in a home. Over the course of a year, you just you notice sounds that are worth noticing and sounds that aren't. I, I do think if you're just in a baseball stadium every day and there's just like a constant weird banging, you'd be like, what is that? Is that somebody in the crowd banging on something? What is that freaking banging that's going on all the time? I think a reasonable person in some like that's bosses pay attention to every little thing. Right. When you're a boss. My my question, though, is, though, guy. Was it happening like every series at home? Because how would the other players like it would have became a bigger deal? Like the other players would have. Said I don't understand how other teams now. Farquhar figured it out, but he didn't say anything. The White Sox pitcher, he didn't say anything, um, and I'm shocked that nobody said anything. Or there wasn't like fights. Yeah, where just I, I really like, you it, just it, it surprised me. All right, so I I read the this is my favorite part seven page document nine page whatever it was. Who was their lead investigator? Well, this is Rob Manfred's report. This is like his final report. Okay. While no one can dispute that Lunau's baseball operations department is an industry leader in analytics, it's very clear to me that the culture of the department manifesting itself in the way the employees are treated, its relations with other clubs, and its relations with the media and external stakeholders has been very problematic. At least in my view, the baseball operations uh, department's insular culture, one that valued and rewarded results over other considerations, combined with the Astros' staff of individuals who lacked direction, oversight, led at least in part to the Brandon Taubman incident. The club's admittedly inappropriate and inaccurate response to that incident, and finally, an environment that allowed the conduct described in this report to have occurred. In other words, like, he's kind of, when you say, so specifically, the way they treated their employees, people with other clubs, the way they dealt with other clubs, the way they dealt with the media, the way they dealt with external stakeholders. I don't know who his external stakeholders are, because he's not talking about the business side. He's only talking about the baseball operations side. Um, but like basically, win at all costs. None of the other. Yeah, you kind of calling everybody. You call like this. You get a culture of just kind of jerks. Well, to, to me, do you know what that reads like? Like they're like Goldman Sachs. Yeah, it's just produce, and you can treat everyone like shit. And and that's why I think I tweeted this, and I don't know if there are parallels. 
when it was the Cardinals guy that stole Lunau shit, right? That he went after then and got them kicked out of yep. baseball. Well, it felt like when he left, those guys hated him, right? And they were trying to, like, fuck him. Well, typically to truly hate someone, like, you kind of got to be a bad guy. A lot of people, I think, are just indifferent. You might go, yeah, that guy's a little overrated or whatever. I don't have, like, emotional. Like, it felt like those guys hated him. And I'm just, maybe I'm reaching on this one. And it kind of feels like we talked to him one time, if you remember, at 95.7. He actually came off a little bit better than I assumed he would. He was actually kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, he was. And it was a pretty good conversation. Uh, but you can't. You, that one thing you can fake. I mean, I do it all the time. You do it all the time on what? radio interviews. Uh, I'm just saying. It, it is what it is. I don't put much stock anymore into like how you sound in a radio interview. I once cried when I was on the road recruiting. I used to listen to Jim Rome or scouting. And Manti Teo was on Jim Rome and talking about Lene. I remember like emotionally kind of drew me. Oh, wow. It's like everything can be a fraud. Because at the time, it was emotionally drawing everyone. Guy. I mean, she was had cancer. She died or was dying. It was an incredible story, and it was all fake. I just think that this guy, after that incident, that it was clearly we talked about it before. The guy that financed the uh, Wolf of Wall Street and his story, and the guy that funded, J- uh, yeah, what's right, that guy's name? J- uh, whatever. How he had f- yeah. t- stolen all yeah, the money, the- and then it, like Gold- Goldman Sachs got in yeah. trouble. And then I remember there was conversation that came out like Goldman Sachs, they would they would surpass or bypass you know regulations if it could make them money. That's all that mattered. Nothing else mattered. And that's usually the way it is in finance. That's what it kind of sounds like. And who are kind of leading the charge here? Kind of those guys are wired like that. Just it's not a humans. It's all the whole fucking thing is an Excel spreadsheet. So. I get joy, actually, in the guy's failure because I, I think it's kind of clear. I know nothing about the assistant GM that I remember you and I were talking about it and we Googled him. He kind of looked like a douche. Like, he had the same. Didn't he work on Wall Street? Mm-hmm. Remember? Didn't, so they kind of have a little douchey feel to him. I, wouldn't you say that, like, when Belichick gets in trouble, I think he has the ultimate respect of his industry. Like, I don't think there's anyone in the industry besides, like, Grigson that thinks Belichick isn't the best. So people go, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but he's the best. It doesn't quite feel that way with this guy, right? It feels like this guy. It's, yeah, it's like also I, hard. Like Bill is the is the coach, so you know when the Patriots beating you, he's the one that beat you. But I'm just saying, like the way he does contracts and he's just everything he does. Like I, do you think this guy's well liked? Kind of feels like people hate yeah, him. Yeah, it's I don't know. I really I'd never I don't know. But it doesn't but one feel like thing he's got many people coming to his defense. Yeah, no. One thing Passon wrote was it. That other owners feel like the Astros got off easy. But what could you have done, guys? There's not a lot. You can't find them more than five million dollars. So we find them the max. Can you can, can you ban them from the postseason? Well, can you take their World Series away? I would not have done that. But could you do that? But even if you do that, well, does that mean you give it to someone else, or just no one wins? You just the World take Series their trophy away. Yeah, you invalidate their. Uh, okay, which I guess to me hurts a lot more than it does like in college football. But what, you think so? Uh, yeah, I think so. When you I think read fa- college football fans more, are like, you're not in charge of this anyway. I still saw Reggie Bush. When you read that, that owners want them gone, what's the first thing you think of? That? That owners... Like, when owners think it's not harsh oh. enough, like, what were you think? Like, what are they Yeah, thinking? I don't know. Maybe a larger fine? Because at the end of the day, they made 60... Somebody... I, maybe it was Ravel, probably. It said, like, the World Series was worth $66 million to them, so a $5 million fine balances out if you're them. Yeah. 
to me make it like I don't know what I'll tell I, you. That's this, what I'm saying. I don't know what you. By can the do. way, if you're if so, the reports are that Core is going to get a stronger suspension. If he gets suspended for two years, even if it's one year, is he just going to get fired by the Red Sox? One hundred percent. He's done. They're all done. To me, is the big fellow that's in San Diego right now. Like, well, so there was. Pretty good teams, I know guys. there was a story. There we go. There was a story, uh, right? I think. I think. Bochi was intrigued, but ultimately decided uh, he's stand put. Bob Nightingale wrote, Bochi is intrigued by the Astros' managerial opening, but says he still plans on they hitting are, the pause They button. are good. They are pretty good, yeah. right? But You want to you end with my take of the day? Take of the day? Take, take of, of the week? week? This is a new segment. We'll see if it sticks. Okay. If you see something or I see something that you're just passionate about, that you wouldn't, like, wouldn't have as a topic or anything. I watched this movie the other okay. night, and I know it won some awards. And it, the awards don't mean anything to me. Like I just know a good movie when a good movie happens, right? Like The Irishman, I, I understand that's a, a powerful movie. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's a really it. good movie. I love that movie. Most people are just kind of. Did like you like one movie. more than the other? Good. By the way, it's different because I did. I, I I could see The Irishman. It is long. I watched it for a second time at my house, and you're just on your phone and stuff. Like I was in the plane. I was forced as all I could watch, and I was locked okay. in. So it was. I really enjoyed it. But if you're not as locked in, yeah, it's it's a little looser in terms of just it's really long and you can lose focus. Where Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, also a long movie, mm-hmm. right? Two plus hours. I also watched that in the theater and thought it was really good. But I think this movie, for the most part, on my timeline when it came out, and remember the the trailer was big and people were like I can't wait. It was Joaquin, and I'm a big Joaquin Phoenix guy. Love the guy. Johnny Cash. His performance was epic. I thought the Joker sucked, guy. I thought it was boring. I thought it was just stupid. I just didn't like it. And have you seen it? I'll, I'll let no. you finish, and then I'll give you my thought here because I do have a thought. Can I do? Can we do spoiler alert, or is it just? Uh, you once you say spoiler alert, now people can just yeah, stop spoiler, listening, and yeah, I don't care. Spoiler alert. I have not I mean, seen it. You can spoil alert. it for me. I don't care. Spoiler alert. There's one cool scene. Like De Niro's in the movie. He's basically like the Letterman. Uh, like he has a, he's like a TV uh-huh. host and this guy's like an up and coming comedian and he makes fun of him cause his video gets out viral and this guy's all fucked up in the head and he shoots him. That, that part's pretty cool. Shoots him in the head on live TV. But the movie I just thought was just, I don't know. It just didn't do much for me. And I, I'm usually, I respect like the craft and just, uh, uh, movies don't all have to be like the rock and just nonstop action for me to like it. You know, I liked again, the Irishman that you'd say the action is kind of few and far between, like true action of like intense scenes. And I just thought it was a bad movie. And I think maybe I'm, I, I feel like most people liked it. So maybe just because the theory of the Joker, right? Because what's his name? Heath Ledger, th- that character is powerful. I just didn't like the movie. Um, so I have not seen the movie. And the reason I have not seen the movie is because I don't want to see the movie. I have, I believe, the skill of watching a preview and knowing either A, I want to see it in theaters, B, I'll rent it at home. C, I'll wait till it's free on TV. Or D, I have no interest in watching it. The Joker is D, I have no interest in watching it. I just know I wouldn't like. I mean, I just wouldn't enjoy it. Too weird. Too. I don't mind weird movies, but just too much. What? Just eh. again, it's it's all rea- It's reality. It's not like fake. You know. I mean, the story might be fake, but it's not like Dungeons right, and Dragons right, or which, anything. You know, I that's not really my style either. But I might be more inclined to watch that. I, it does nothing for me. I don't want to watch Depressed Joker. It doesn't do anything for me. 
So if it does something for somebody else, fine. But yeah, man, I I uh, I probably there's a good chance I will never watch that movie. Although you telling me that he gets shot on TV, actually, that is a pretty intriguing part of the film. That that, that, that me. scene's cool. That, that scene's I'm good. Not gonna lie. Well, like, have, have you seen? Uh, have you seen? I'm trying to think of the actor. Is it Heath Ledger? No, it's uh, it's what's the guy that played Batman Forever? Uh, American Psycho. Christian Bale. Uh, Christian Bale. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Which American Psycho? American. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's just. To me, that's the level of that's kind of a depressing movie right. or whatever. Not really, but it's it's just really good. Like that to me is like if you get that is not like that's in a different stratosphere than the Joker. I also think the Joker just kind of you, disgusting. Like I just the character, yeah, just kind of just look, just kind of. Yeah. You agree, American Psycho is yeah. a good movie. <laughs> yeah, but that's not as depressing. You know, it's just more like action filled killing. You know, fun loving killing in a weird way. This one, you're right. This. Your a huge element is a clown and the smile. It's, it's like gross. This is fucking stupid. Yeah, who the fucking clown? It's a clown movie. That's gonna be my take of the week. How about? Uh, yeah, no, that's it's a good take, John. I gotta think. I gotta. I yeah, like this, this. Is not like a Stephen A. Take or anything. This is like a legitimate thought. This is my thought on this little segment. Is something that you feel like God that disappointed or wow that lived up to the hype? It doesn't even have to be sports. I like that. I feel strongly about that. I support it because I, I was I was out on the movie about twenty minutes in. I'm like, I regret this, and I you know you paid five ninety nine on demand or whatever. So you know what's funny is I talk. This is just an offshoot to follow up. I talked to somebody the other day about like a guy who gets all the movies ahead of time and you know watches them all and whatever. How do you get in that mix? I don't you know. Like I don't know. That mix. <laughs> because I would have loved to get like uncut gems and the gentleman. I, I want to be in that mix. I, I just. When I read or like hear Simmons, you got to be in like a union. I'm like, if you're in a union, that's fucking pretty cool. I would. And what if you don't have a DVD player? Do they are they able to stream it to you? Do you watch it on your I iPad? Think How does that the work? DVDs. Aren't you kind of fascinated by that process? Yeah, I am. I think a lot of union workers get it. So like, but how does like Bill Simmons get it? Because he's gonna have the guy on. Yeah, maybe. Like, did Kimmel? you see? Uh, did you see that gentleman, the McConaughey, with all those guys like Hugh Grant, Portnoy had him on the pizza review. And their movie, The Gentleman's mm. coming out, but he got it early. I think if you can get into like have them on your shows or whatever, they give you the shit. Makes sense. You got to ask about the movie. You know the way Letterman and those guys. Exactly. Um, so I asked this guy about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he said, as someone who lived during that situation, like those ki- the Manson killings, it was hard yeah. to watch just because I knew how detached from reality. I couldn't figure out like. Is this supposed to be a true story? What is this? And so that kind of got in his way of, a, of enjoying the movie because it didn't, you know, it was just hard if that was, if you really lived that reality to like accept See, I had to go, I had to, I had to Wikipedia the family and the whole deal after. I didn't know much about it, did you? I didn't know, I knew, I knew about it. I didn't know enough detail about it to understand, you know, there were, I'm sure there were things that. You knew those random people went to Hollywood and killed the famous Chick? No, I thought she had been kidnapped. I was thinking of somebody else. Yeah, I didn't know. So that. she was like a, supposedly the most beautiful girl in Hollywood. So I, um, you know, so I think if I had known all that stuff ahead of time, I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of little what do they call them? Not nuggets, but little uh, Easter eggs in the film that I would have understood. Right? We would if we lived it. Um, but I, I when loved the, when the chicks with the one director that's kind of ugly and he's super famous. You know, at the Playboy Mansion. I had to Google that oh, yeah. guy, you know, and it was like, ah, this guy was a power. Broker. I just thought, I thought the movie was 
phenomenal. I just, I loved it. Like I've, I never rewatch things that aren't com. I rarely rewatch things that aren't comedies unless they're on TV, but I won't just yeah. like click on a non, I mean, sometimes I do, but that movie I found myself wanting to rewatch. I haven't, but I will. I'm sure I might I, too. I thought it was awesome. So catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.